I'm sure you've heard the proverb that says a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And that's exactly what we're talking about today, where we see how a gentle word will turn away your critics into allies. Because many times when your own people, when they do not understand or they've got a misinterpretation of what you are doing, they may criticize you. Now you can go at them and you can uh, win an argument and come out the victor on the other side, but you've lost them. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We have to uh, use soft words, some wisdom, and so that we can turn these people in our own camp and turn them to be our allies and fight the fight with us. So please stay tuned until after the intro so we can learn more. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast. It's nice to have you with me. And this is part six in the series that we started and where we are looking at how to avoid making mistakes by learning from history. Now it's important to learn from history, to avoid those mistakes that those guys have made, either the men or the women, but it's just as important to learn from them the things that they did do that we can take from and help us to get to success much quicker. And uh, it's so important that you and I apply these principles because I don't want you to go through the school of hard knocks like I have had to go through by my own choice because I was... I was stupid. I said, why should I learn from someone else? I can do everything myself. And that is foolish in so many ways. Uh, Yes, you and I have to make decisions on our own and we have to stick to the decisions that we've made. But that's why God gave us history. And that's why all these things were written down so that we can learn from them because it's really as instruction for us. Although it was warnings for, for the people of old, It's really instruction for us so that we can be more successful by avoiding mistakes, but learning from the stuff that they did that uh, brought good results for them and we can apply it. Now, in this broadcast, we will see how a gentle word will turn your critics into allies because you can oppose these people and you can just knock them down. But what you really want is to Get these people who criticize you because they don't really know the truth or they don't want to see the truth. If you speak a gentle word to them, it can really turn them into your allies. And that's what you want because we want the people to go with us. We don't want uh, people to fall by the wayside. We want to move forward as a body so that we can have the success. And those who really are the enemy, that we can destroy the enemy because that's what Gideon did. But we will see more uh, what what happened there so we we've also looked at um, how why it is so important to be obedient to to your calling and to your purpose because when you as a leader when you are obedient to the purpose you were born for it just opens the gateway to divine help in the face of overwhelming odds as we've seen in the life of Gideon and these all these things in history were were written down for you and I so that we can get instruction from it so that we can learn from it 
to do what we need to do and to avoid doing the stuff that we're not supposed to do. Because if you or I think that we can do everything ourselves, then we're going to fall flat on our faces. That's what happened to me. I don't want it to happen to you. So you don't have to go through the school of hard knocks. Now, why is it so important that we emphasize also to really be obedient? And what does it mean to be obedient? It means to put yourself totally as a living sacrifice, as Paul the Apostle says in Romans 12 verse 1. He says, give yourselves, give your body, your members, give everything that you are and that you have, give it as a living sacrifice to God, the one who made you, so that you for yourself can prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. That is the important factor here. You and I need to know what God's will is for our lives so that we can do what he wants us to do. And this is how we learn from, from Gideon. Because um, the moment the truth was revealed to Gideon, what he was purposed for and what he was born for, immediately self-image changed. So if you are sitting with a, with a low self-esteem and you think you're nothing and what have you accomplished and how you're going to accomplish this, then you can learn from Gideon and say, no, but God came to Gideon and he said, you mighty man of valor, you mighty man of, of, of courage. And when you hear that and then see Gideon's re reaction to that, or his response to that, then you see Gideon says, yeah, but who am I? I can't really do anything. God didn't even answer him on that. He just confirmed what he said and he said, no, I have appointed you to lead your people out of bondage, to, to destroy the enemy so that they can get away from this bondage that is on them at this time. And the interesting thing here is also that um, it's the Israelites chose themselves to be under these circumstances because they didn't do what God told them to do. God said, do not worship and fear these false gods, these idols in the land where you are living. So don't get involved in stuff that you're not supposed to. And with that, I'm not saying you should withdraw out of the world. No, you and I have to be engaged because that's where we win the victories. If we're just sitting at home or just in a little holy huddle, there are no victories to be, to be won. It's out there in the field, in the marketplace, in the political arena, in the arts, at the, uh, in the educational systems. That's where you and I need to be so that our families can be secure and our countries and our lives can be secure because all these lockdowns and all these things that you and I are undergoing at this time, it's never supposed to have been happening. And the reason, that's according to me, the reason why this happened is because you and I and many millions others didn't do what God told us to do. Many people may say, Yanni, but you're wrong. It's okay. They've got their opinion. But if you and I do what God tells us to do, then we will live in peace. And that's really what God brought to Gideon as well. God brought his peace to Gideon after he encouraged him. And this is what the series is all about, to help you, to encourage you, but also give you the peace and the understanding what you need to do and what you need not to do. And you have to discern that. I can point certain things out to you, but uh, you really have to decide what you want to do there. And um, so 
God even went to, to the extent where Gideon was doubting and he said, please just show me, is this really you that is speaking to me? God went to great lengths to show Gideon through miracles and through a whole bunch of stuff how uh, Gideon can know and understand that it is really God that is speaking to him. So God doesn't have a problem when you come to him and you say, uh, please just show me, is this really what you want me to do? But don't go to him in a, in a sort of in a uh, rebellious way and say, uh, yeah, but you know, look at all this stuff that's happening to me and uh, yeah, this is all your fault and stuff. It's not God's fault. It's not God's fault that the Israelites fell into the hands of their, their enemies. They did not do what God told them to do. And immediately they opened themselves up to the enemy that could come in and um, oppress them. It's not even God that gave them over into the hands of these people. God doesn't do stuff like that. God doesn't bring sickness over you. God doesn't bring diseases and stuff like that. But God gives you and I the wisdom and the understanding when we lay our lives before him as a living sacrifice, when we seek the kingdom first, as he says, and then all these other things will, uh, will be given to us besides these things. Because when God calls you for something, he's also provided everything that you need to do what you need to do. And um, many people say Gideon was, was a coward. He was not a coward. Uh, over and over it's stated, and we've seen many of these things, and even today we're going to see how Gideon was not a coward. And um, he was actually really a mighty man. And he did exactly what God told him to do on multiple occasions. The moment he realized, and it was established in his heart, this is God speaking to him, he just went out and he did stuff. And when he started organizing the people, and there were over 30,000, I think about 32,000 people that came together at, when Gideon sent out word, we're going to stand up against the enemy. God said, no, wait, this is way too much. And initially, a large number of people had to be sent home. And then God filtered them even down from 32,000 to 300 men. Because God said, if you win the victory with all that many people, you will um, get um, proud and you will think that you won the victory. I want you to know and to realize that without me, you cannot do this. And it's not um, so that God doesn't trust us, but God wants us to have the victory every single time in our lives. That's why he does this stuff like this. And then Gideon went and he, uh, he was encouraged when God said to him, go down to the, to the enemy camp and go and listen to what they say. So that's another proof that Gideon was not a coward. Gideon was a mighty man already. Even the enemy knew who he was. And that I want to encourage you also. Does the enemy know who you are? Do they really know who you are? Are they fearing you? Because that's what exactly what happened here. But when Gideon heard this from the enemy camp that they are saying, but man, I'm telling you, uh, through this dream that the one guy had and this little barley loaf came and knocked over one of their tents, uh, his buddy said to him, you know what? That's Gideon. God has given us into their hands. We mincemeat, we toast. So we over and done with. And that word must have spread among them. And uh, that's also when, when Gideon, when he had the victory 
and then he also he uh, took control of all the water points so that the enemy couldn't regroup and that's important for you and I to know so that we know what to do in our strategy so that the enemy cannot regroup again and come at you again. Gideon had to destroy the enemy army totally and that's what you and I need to do in, in ways that uh, we will explore but also God is going to show you specific things. So remember today we're talking about a gentle word will turn your critics into allies. Now Gideon and his 300 men they got the victory, the, the enemy got scattered and they started fleeing and Gideon sent word to some of the other tribes around them and said please come and help us. And uh, so these guys came and they pursued and even these um, uh, guys from the tribe of Ephraim who had to take control of the water points, they got the two leaders of the enemy army and they, they slew them, they destroyed them. But now look what happens here in chapter 8 of Judges, verse number 1. And the men of Ephraim said to Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? By not calling us when you went to fight with Midian. And they quarreled with Gideon furiously. So now they came and they said, but why didn't you call us earlier? Why didn't you do what you, uh, why did you do what you did? We wanted to be part of this. Now, this is very important here because Gideon could have now, he could have said, but yeah, but you know, you were afraid you went back home and you didn't come and help me. You didn't want to come and help me. You said you were afraid, but now look what Gideon did. God gave him the wisdom. Not to be the, the, the guy that, you know, everything is mine and the victory is mine. Even when they, uh, just after he came to the guys, after he heard the dream, he said to his 300 men, he said to them, you know what? God has given this enemy army into your hands. Every time he empowered his people, he looked at his people. And this is a true leader. And you are a true leader. That's why you are here. That's why you're learning these things. So that you can empower the people that God will bring around you. And uh, Gideon said on this uh, quarreling that, that came toward him. And he said, what have I done now in comparison with you? He says, is it not the gleaning of the grapes of your big tribe of Ephraim better than the vintage of my little clan of Ebezer? So he's even taking the normal circumstances in their normal daily lives. He says, but you guys are much greater than I. I'm coming from a very poor clan of very poor family group. Look at you guys. You are the mighty guys. You have all the, the grapes and the stuff and all the vintage. That's yours. I don't have any of that. So even with that. And then he goes on and he said, God has given into your hands the princes of Midian. Oreb and Zeb, and we learned that these were the two leaders of the Midianites, that these, uh, these um, guys from Ephraim, they caught them and they destroyed them. So, and what was I able to do in comparison with you? I was just the guy that was just standing here. I just had these 300 guys around me. You are the guys who actually got the leaders. You are the guys who really gave us the victory. And listen to what happens. Then their anger toward Gideon was abated when he had said this. 
Now, and this is really the topic that we are dealing with today. A gentle word will turn your critics into allies. So you have to learn not to, when someone criticizes you, necessarily go out and hit them and knock them and destroy them and, and win the argument. Because Gideon could have won the argument here by saying, yeah, but you guys didn't want to come with me. Yes, but you guys were sitting on your, on your front um, porch and you didn't want to come and help me. Look what happened when the 22,000 guys were here and all this stuff. You had an excellent opportunity to come and help, but you wanted to go home. He could have said all that stuff and won the argument, but he would have divided the people. And Gideon wanted the, Ef, the, the people from the tribe of Ephraim and all these other tribes that came to fight with him. He wanted them all to take part in the spoil and to be part of the victory. And that is what you and I have to learn from this. This is so, so, so important. And, um, and then as we move on from this, we see that Gideon came to the Jordan and he passed over. He and the 300 men with him and they were tired. So they still went, this group of 300, they still went on because they were still pursuing the enemy. Remember, you need to destroy the enemy that comes against you totally. So whatever is standing up against you and I in this world system today with the oppression, with the lockdowns, with the mask mandates and all this this uh, injections that they give the people, which is totally unrighteous stuff. We have to stand up so that we can take these things, break in, in a, a um, figurative sense, break their bones and destroy their plans, destroy this enemy because we have to, because our freedoms are at stake. Everything is at stake. Our children's lives, our children's future is at, is at stake. We haven't done what we were supposed to do throughout I almost want to say the centuries and especially the decades that um, that's just uh, we just passed through. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. Everything was nice and comfy and we just listened to the to the stuff that was pushing at us. And when we were criticized, we just stepped back all the time. And this is exactly why we have to learn from Gideon. When God said to him, your people um, have been oppressed because they chose these other things. But I want you to get your people and take them out of these circumstances, away from the bondage so that they can be free as God made them free. That's why you and I are uh, talking about this. This is why you are here so that you can hear what you need to do in your circumstances because the people around you, your family, your friends, the people who, who you work with, your business, whatever you do and wherever you are, you are the one that are called to make a difference. That's why you're listening to me today. And that's why I know that you will take action. I've got the trust that I know that you will do what you were purposed for, what you were born for, what God wants you to do in your life. Because there are many, up to millions, millions and millions of people potentially are at stake or their lives are at stake because you need to do what you need to do I need to do what I need to do. And so each one of us, because when we look at our bodies, our bodies are made up of trillions of cells. And that is really, it represents us. It represents this body of Christ. And that is what we need to do. But you and I need to understand that we need to 
be born again and that we need to make disciples so that we can take people and school them and teach them everything that Jesus taught his people. And this is what I'm doing with you here. And I want you to do the same, to disciple people around you so that they know how to live life to the overflow, to the overflow that Jesus came to give to us. So these guys, as they were pursuing the, the enemy and they crossed the Jordan, they, they were tired. They were already a bit faint. Uh, and yet they were still going on. They were determined because they, they were encouraged in everything. And Gideon said to the men of Sukkot. Now this is a, a, a city that was there on their way. And he says to them, uh, give, I pray you, loaves of bread to the people who follow me. For they are faint and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. So here Gideon is asking for help from one of these, these cities. He says, please help us because we are really tired. We need to go and pursue these, these two um, kings because we need to win this battle. Please just help us out. So here in verse 6 of Judges 8, it says, And the princess of Sukkoth said, Are Zeba and Zalmunna already in your hand that we should give bread to your army? In other words, they're saying, you haven't got the victory yet. So how do you want us to expect to give you food now so that you can pursue these guys? We don't want to do that. You don't know what you're talking about. And here it's important to note, as a visionary, Gideon could see what the others didn't see. Him and his men knew what they were doing. They already saw victory. They know what they're pursuing and that this, this whole fight is already won. It's already uh, given into their hands. They have the victory. But these guys didn't see it. They couldn't see it. And maybe they did not want to see it. And maybe they were fear. They had fear in their lives as well. Because what, what would have happened if they, if they gave Gideon and his men food and they didn't win any the, the battle and these guys came back at them? Then they could have knocked them. So there's so many areas that we can explore here and directions that we can go into. But the, the fact is, these guys said, no, we will not help you. Now listen to what Gideon says. He says, for that, when the Lord has delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, I will thresh your flesh with the thorns and briars of the wilderness. So Gideon warns them, he says, when God, not if, he says, when God, when the Lord, has delivered these two kings into my hand. I'm going to come back and I'm going to come and teach you a lesson. I'm going to whack you. So, and then Gideon went on from there to Penuel, which is another city, and made the same request. And the men of Penuel answered Gideon exactly the same as the guys from Sukkoth. And they refused to give Gideon and his men anything. And Gideon said to the men of Penuel, When I come back again in peace... I will break down the tower that you have in this city. And this is important because you and I have to be firm with those opposing the truth. These guys were opposing the truth and they said, we will not support you. And you and I have to deal sometimes a bit harsh with these things because we really have to knock these opposition things, these things that stand against us. I'm not talking about the people. I'm not saying go and kill the people and knock the people. We fight in a different way because our uh, warfare is in, in the spirit. It's in the, the spiritual forces. But there are people that are working with them. So we have to destroy these forces so that these people 
so that they can be taken out of positions, out of offices, so that they do not have any say that they cannot ever be, uh, become into uh, or come into um, positions of power because you and I have the authority because God is sending us to destroy these structures, all these things that are evil. And I'm telling you, there are tons of them. I think if you and I really understand what's going on here around us, we will really be surprised. I've dug into some of these things. It's grave, some of these things. But I don't want to uh, give report anymore what the enemy is doing to us. What are we doing to the enemy to stop them? And that is the most important part for me now. And that's why you and I are being raised up together. And that's why I'm giving you what is, what is um, in my heart so that you can receive this, take this and move forward. So then these two kings, uh, Zeba and Zalmunna, they were in, in another city, Karkor, with their army, which at this time was about 15,000 men. Now listen to this. There's only 15,000 um, men with them all who were left of all the army of the sons of the east, for they had fallen 120,000 men who drew the sword. And this is where I got this from, where I said to you earlier, 135,000 soldiers were there. Gideon and his, and his men, even the tribes that he called, they already destroyed 120,000 men who drew the sword. So they they on the verge of destroying this entire structure that was coming uh, at them and opposing them and destroying them and sub, uh, subjecting them to their harshness, to the poverty and the lack of freedom and everything that was that was pushed on them all the time. And you and I have the same uh, um, potential to do this. When you and I obey God's word, when God calls us, we can do the same. And now what Gideon does here, here in verse 11 of chapter 8 of, of Judges, is really important. Because Gideon went by the route of those who dwelt in tents um, and he smote the camp of these two kings unexpectedly. Because Gideon really came on them, he went sort of through a um, diversion, through a deep with a detour. He came around, and these people didn't expect him to come from that side, and so they really didn't expect that Gideon was going to come around there. And remember, Gideon has got a small little group with him now, and when Gideon knocked them, because they also underestimated Gideon. That's another thing. The enemy underestimates you and I because it may seem as if uh, we're small in numbers, as if we don't really know what we're doing, but I'm telling you, we've got lots of help that we can call in the moment that victory is there. We've got lots of help that we can call on so that we can move forward and we can pursue. So let them underestimate and let them assume stuff, whatever they want. They, they think many of these leaders of these countries all across the world and many of these structures they think they're infallible they think they cannot fall but i've got a surprise for them and i know you know what i'm talking about is the truth and um, these two kings fled and gideon pursued them and took took them 
and terrified all the army. So the moment Gideon captured these leaders, and you see that's what many times happens. And that's what you and I need to do. Gideon focused on the leaders. If you think earlier as well, they took two princes and they destroyed the two princes. And with that, they could destroy a whole bunch of people. And here, they got the two kings and the whole army that was still with them. They were terrified. And um, this is where you and I are. And just like I just said also, we have to destroy this enemy army so that they can never rise up again. It's so important. We have to destroy them. Otherwise, we will never live in peace. We will never have the the life and the freedom that God has given us and that Jesus paid the massive price of his own life for so that you and I can have life and more abundantly. You, your children and everyone that you have to influence. And uh, so now Gideon um, returned from battle and listen to what he's doing here. And this is also important. You and I need to be informed. So on the way back, what Gideon does, now remember these guys from Sukkoth, this one city, they didn't want to help them. So what Gideon did, he caught the young man of Sukkoth and inquired of him. And the youth wrote down for Gideon the names of the officials of Sukkoth and its elders, 77 men. Now, these are the guys that decided and said, we will not help you. So Gideon found out exactly who they were. That's sort of the military intelligence that Gideon uh, gathered so that he can know exactly how to fight and who to go and take out. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to find out. Who are these people that need to be taken out? Who are these leaders that are in positions that's illegitimately occupied by them? That's why it's so important. And I don't care whether you listen to this message in a hundred years from now. These principles will still stay. And if anything or anyone stands up against what God has called you for and me for so that we have, don't have peace, that we don't have freedom, that we don't have the abundance that God promises us. If we don't have that, then you and I, doesn't matter where you are in history, what time frame you are living in, then you can take these principles. They will work for you because it's not Yanni saying this. This is the word of God. He's given us these examples so that we can follow these examples. So Gideon knows now exactly who it is who he has to go and target. And uh, he came to the men of Sukkoth and said, Behold, these two kings are now in my hand. Look here, I have them. And um, Gideon took the elders of the city and the thorns of the wilderness and briars. And with these thorns and the briars, he taught these men of Sukkoth a lesson. Now, in plain language, this means he beat the living daylights out of them. He gave them such a hiding that they would have never forgotten this. And I can promise you, they would have not been able, able to sit on their backsides probably for weeks. And this is what you and I need to do. We have to so destroy these forces, these evil forces, these people that think they are right because they oppose what God has for you and I. We have to take serious steps against these people, sort of 
jerk them out of uh, positions of power, not in an ugly and in a, in a uh, you know, um, hostile way, in a, in a forceful, physical, forceful way. That's not what I'm saying. But we have to get them out of those positions and make sure that they will never, ever get back into those positions of, let's call it power, but it's absolute control and it's evil. It should never be, it should never happen. And uh, so when he, uh, after this, Gideon went to Penuel, the other city, and he broke down the tower, just as he said, but also he slew the men of that city. He slew all the men. So you and I, every structure where we go, those structures need to be uh, totally leveled. They need to be made dust so that they will never be able to rise again. And then Gideon said to um, Zeban Zalmunah, what kind of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? So now Gideon is sort of interrogating, he's checking on these guys, what they did, these two kings, wherever they went, wherever they um, came on their path of destruction, they killed people, they destroyed people's lives. And now Gideon wants to know, I think he already knows, as we will see here, but he's asking them, who are these guys that you slew? And they replied, these two kings replied to Gideon, they were like you. Each of them resembled the son of a king. Now remember, right in the beginning, I think it was even maybe part one, where I said to you, Gideon is not a coward. And this is also, again, proof that Gideon was not. Even these enemy guys saw Gideon, even his brothers, as we will see here now, which they killed, they saw them as sons that, uh, or, or men that resemble sons of a king. And the sons of a king mean that these guys were mighty. And uh, Gideon says to them, they were my brothers, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had saved them alive, I would not slay you. And this is where I'm going to uh, sort of um, stop today. And next time we're going to go on and see how Gideon dealt with these two kings from year on. And then in the, in the next episode, that's going to be our final as well. So that we can just see what happened uh, to these two kings and how the rest of the story played out after this enemy army was destroyed. And we're going to see which lessons we can learn from that. So from today's lesson... It's very important that you and I know that a gentle word will turn your critics into allies. When it comes to the enemy, you're very strict with the enemy, you destroy the enemy. But when it's people from your own camp, when they just criticize because they don't really know or they do not understand, then you can have a gentle word toward them and you can turn them so that they can help you because that's exactly what happened here with Gideon. He had the wisdom not to be able to say, but I am now this great guy. He didn't do that. He said to the guys, you are the guys. You are really the ones who won the victory. You are the guys who were on the, uh, the, the forefront there. And you are the ones who really slew these two princes, these two leaders. And Gideon turned them around through that. And that's very important for you and I to understand. Now, 
Again, I trust that you really got something from this broadcast today. Please share this message with a, with a family member or a friend. And please go to my website, share with me thoughts and even donate there. Please help me to get this message out to as many people as possible. And uh, I need the resources also. And I trust that you will be the leader that God called you for and that you will fulfill the purpose that he called you for. Thank you so much for listening. I'll chat to you in the next broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.